Yo, welcome back to another Return to Play podcast. We've got some real, actual football talk for you today. We're going to finish up the soccer here, get into a little Women's World Cup, give you some bets for that. And although, (laughs) as I'm thinking about it now, um, by the time this airs, the Women's World Cup will have started, so these bets will be impossible to put in. Um, Because it technically starts... What, 3 in the morning or something? 6 a.m. Thursday is what... I thought there was a game at 3. Maybe. It just says that for my Australia thing I'm looking at, and I assume they were playing in the first game, but maybe their second after New Zealand plays. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, well, we'll still. I'll still tell you what, <laughs> what my uh, group stage winner parlay is coming up. We'll give you some draws of the week for that tournament, and we will, of course, now get into NFL football, particularly running back. The the running back market is the hot topic of conversation this week. And we are going to get into some high risk running backs, um, particularly at their current ADP for your upcoming fantasy season. Who's risky and who's reliable? We think we're going to go position by position here until, um, you know, maybe mid August, it would line up for. And then that should get you ready for your redrafts and best balls always going on. I'm I'm nuts deep in best ball right now. I'm always drafting, always got a, a finger in the honey pot. Uh, Danny, how are you? Um, exhausted. Got that. Uh, got a little sunburn going on. Just got back from the Pirates game, so uh, had a had a little action filled day. Uh, get there. Pretty early in the game, I think it was first or second inning. I think the second inning had just started. Uh, dude taps me on the shoulder and he's like, "Hey, you want to come uh, play a play a game for the jumbotron?" And I'm like, "Hell yes, I do." So uh, want a free? Uh, well, got a free T-shirt just for doing it, and I beat the other guy. I want a free uh, shitty little lunchbox, but it's a free pirates lunchbox. So. That's uh my my task. I had to. I had ten solo cups. No, not ten. What would it be? Fifteen. Fifteen solo cups. Had to stack them into a pyramid, and and then unstack them back into a singular <laughs> uh, singular stack, and smoke the dude. Absolutely smoke the dude. Apparently, I'm like the goat cup stacker. So. We uh maybe maybe we'll post the uh, yeah we could yeah, probably probably post the uh video on the uh Twitter on the Twitter at Return to Play Pod. So that was pretty much and I picked a good game to go to because they just freaking they lost eleven zero and then ten to one the first two games of the series and then today they <laughs> they had the uh the comeback dub so it's, pretty it's against Cleveland right smack, oh yeah smack some fucking for Manny Bros around it was oh there's nothing there's nothing like sitting in the hot sun all day just craving for Manny Bros. And then, so it was like a day game. It was a 12.35 uh, start. So, you know, I'm just sitting, I mean, it was hot. I don't know why, it was the hottest day fucking ever. It was, I said it was only 80, it was like 97. Uh, just cooking, just dripping sweat. Yeah. You know, and you know when you're like, you're like, so then you're like extra dehydrated then you get like almost like hungover immediately it's like i had a couple beers and then i'm like just i feel like absolute balls and oh dude permanis was like a godsend it was it was the best thing that's ever happened to me so had a heck of a day hotter up there than in carolinas there you go yeah i don't know it it said it was like 80 when i was i mean i was dripping it was the hottest i've ever felt in my life it had to be the humidity or something. I don't know what it was, but it was fucking brutal. Big big dub for the Buckos though. We were we were having a good time. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh even though you know, baseball is not bad when you go watch the games, uh, but baseball on TV is uh pretty brutal. Oh, for sure. Uh can't sure. do it. 
I, oh, can't I even love sitting at a baseball game, but yeah, I'm not going to yeah. sit there and watch 162 games a year on the TV. I can't even have that on in the background. It's just, it's just not, not for me. Uh, football's for me, and we're going to get to the football here. But let's get into the Gold Cup recap quickly. Mexico with a very late goal against Panama to win it in regulation time. So glad we didn't tweet out draw. Uh, draw for the final match there. And yeah, U.S. Uh, didn't look very good this entire tournament. It was the B squad, so it is what it is. But uh, U.S. definitely has some work to do. What's next for USA it was, men's? It was, the, it was the C squad. I'll even refute that the B. I mean, you look at when you took away the goalkeeper, because obviously we Matt Turner stayed and played. Um, but Yedlin. it was it was like it was like two percent or four percent. I can't remember which one. But of our World Cup minutes, we had literally like two percent on the roster, excluding mm. goalkeepers. And like Mexico had sixty percent. So I mean, Mexico was missing some key guys, but we were literally we were. I mean, we didn't even have our bench. Like those were most of them dudes were you know making their first competitive yeah. matches with the U.S. or you know real young guys that had played just a, a game or two. Um, regardless, I mean, and, and it's tough too because Panama's experience. Panama's not actually not that bad. They've kind of gotten to that to Costa Rica's level where they're really passing Costa Rica now. They've they've kind of handled uh Costa Rica in the both Nations League and then the Gold Cup. So they're they're kind of that's not a terrible Panama team. I mean, the when you look at like the physical talent of the roster uh you know maybe two or three of those panama guys would even be on that usc squad but that's a team that's played together for a long time versus a bunch of kids from the u.s that have never played together and have really had no coach for the past few months so definitely i mean the u.s has no excuse to ever lose to panama no matter who's on the roster but it's not like an absolute devastating loss. I mean, the when the A teams together, that team is freaking stacked, and they looked insanely good in the in the Nations League. So next year will be the Nations League finals, and then twenty twenty three we'll have Copa America and Gold Cup. So the Nations League and Gold Cup will finally be back to not being back to back. So hopefully we don't have. Uh, you know, situations like this where they just bring the JV team in. Regardless, it's embarrassing, but it's not as, like, terrible as it sounds on paper. But it does, it's going to hurt our freaking FIFA ranking points, too, because technically both those, that Canada game and the Panama game, count as draws for FIFA ranking. Because, you know, the PK determines who advances in the tournament, but... Well, and, we'll be all right. In the rest of the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter because we're going to be seated in the uh, in the World Cup anyway. So it's not like we need a high FIFA ranking, but it's still. Uh, and Polisic. Polisic to Milan. Yeah. I was excited I for that. I uh, hated it at first when rumors were starting to sprinkle. And now I just, you know, they did the. Uh, the updated UEFA coefficients, Serie A is back to the number two league now behind uh, behind the Premier League. So, because a one player transfer. No, no, I mean it's it's based on like performances and like you know uh, <laughs> the Europa League and the Champions League and all that and how the how the teams. It's kind of similar to the FIFA ranking. It's like a point system. Um, but yes, there you are, kind of making making that resurgence. Uh, I mean, obviously, AC Milan is a freaking huge club, historic club. They're in a much much better spot than Chelsea right now, so it's you know it's a huge move for Pulisic. He'll get he'll kind of be you know one of the guys, and he'll and they'll be playing in the Champions League this year, which uh, Chelsea will not. So definitely got out of a shitty situation. Now he's into a great one. Gonna miss watching him in the Premier League, but. Um, AC Milan to win Serie A plus 650. They are the fourth uh, team down the list. Really? Who's, who is Napoli first? 
Inter Milan is plus 220. Napoli is plus 240. And Juventus plus 350. Double those odds is AC Milan, who has a good attacking front with uh, Liao. And uh, I'm not going to buy the new EA Sports Football Club game, but uh, now they kind of... I'll get it when it's on sale again, uh, just so I can do a uh, franchise mode with Milan. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy it like a bastard. But... Uh, there's uh, what? What is it? Um, the the free there's a free one, and that's I think that they're updating it too. So I forget the name. E football. E football is the free to play uh, soccer game, uh, and then you can kind of buy. DLC, you can buy like club packs um, for some more like obscure teams and like national teams and stuff. I- I'm not sure exactly that they've got a lot of work to do for it to be as good as FIFA, but it is free to play and constantly being updated. But on the football front of video games, I am very excited for uh, Maximum Football. Maximum football is coming out in September. That is going to be free to play. It's all made up uh, teams, but you can do downloadable rosters. So I'm sure people are going to upload, you know, the full full color schemes and player rosters for for all the NFL and college teams on that game. And it is cross play, so uh, we could definitely um, we could play some some games of that too. It looks it looks very fun. It looks like old school Xbox 360 Madden uh, oh, is the right. play style. Yeah. What? Uh, just just going back to the. Uh, what, what what was Juventus plus three something? Plus three fifty Juventus. That's, that's 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 my pick. That's that's your futures bet of the week. They uh, obviously Juventus is the. We had a decade of dominance. They're still still that stacked Italian team. They got hit with a points penalty last year. Uh so they finished fifth, I believe. And now that so they're not gonna be in the Champions League this year because they got docked fifteen points. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so they're just only gonna be focused on, you know, the Serie A title basically. So that's uh Yeah. Probably the best bang for your buck there. I, I think they'll be the most likely to win. Good odds for you. I like that 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 uh that window closes August 19th. Uh you got to get that bed that bed in by August 19th. Big collision in the All-Star game. Oh, uh, yeah, Danny's watching the MLS All-Star game. I am watching AEW uh <laughs> double cage match tonight. Uh I guess I could have got the iPad in here to put the All-Star game on too, but that's okay. Let's keep it moving uh, to Women's World Cup. It is in New Zealand and Australia. Starts, like we said at the beginning, uh, starts at 3 a.m. So it starts in about six hours here from our recording time. And I do have, you know, I was going to maybe do some more future stuff, but but now you're not going to be able to put that in. Actually, you could put this group parlay in minus Australia, so we'll give it to you both ways here. So I have to win their groups, Australia to win group B, USA to win group E, Germany to win group H, and then Italy to qualify. They don't need to win. They just need to get at least second to qualify. Uh, those four teams together is plus 183. If you take Australia out of that, you'd you'd be able to put that in as late as um, Friday, 9 p.m. when USA plays their first game. Uh, it does move down to minus 120 if you take Australia out of that mix. But you could find something else to plug in there to make it plus odds, uh, whatever you wanted. Uh, so, Or you could round robin it even. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I like those three to, to win their group. And then Italy just to qualify. Those are, those are locks basically. So that's mine. And then, uh, golden boot, uh, the, the, there's a striker from Australia again, 
probably not going to be able to put this in, but uh, just on the record, on the pod record here, uh, I forget her name, uh, Sam Sam Kerr with two R's like Steve Kerr. Um, I'll take her as my golden boot uh, pick. Her eyes. I know she's she's like the freaking LeBron. They put they, she's all over everything. Plays at Chelsea. Aha, uh-huh. yeah, she's nine to one for Golden Boot. So not bad. I got. I'm on Sophia Smith. Alex Morgan's the favorite, but she's she's old news. Sophia Smith's the uh, she's the new the new dog. I don't mind that. Um, we'll we'll keep you posted. I guess actually, uh, let's just. Scroll down the list here. Uh, give, give the people a draw of the week from uh, this is really the only soccer going on this week, um, other than club friendlies in MLS. So I guess you could, you know, whatever MLS. Um, some of these draws are like 50 to 1, 70 to 1. Um, yeah. I mean, well, the women's, the women's, it's, it's complete, especially now because they expanded it to this is the first year it's expanded the 32 teams. I mean, because yeah. most of these, like, for decades, like the U.S. has been freaking highly developed. Like, you know, we have pro leagues. Our girls are getting paid. Like, some of these other countries are freaking. You know, we're playing against like maids and nurses. Like, they just play yeah. soccer on the side. So, I mean, the rest of the world is kind of starting to catch up now. But, but that's why you have freaking. I mean, like the last World Cup, they won the opener thirteen to nothing or whatever against Thailand. And it's gonna be the same. They're playing. They're like plus. They're like minus twenty five thousand against Vietnam in the in their opener. Like that's just free money. I mean, obviously you got to bet. Yeah. Two, you know, one of these draws is gonna hit though. Um. The so there's gonna be some lopsided games. There the the two games with the closest um odds together, and you know the lowest odds for draws is Colombia versus South Korea that's plus 220 draw and Switzerland Norway to um how should i put it uh two very white european countries uh, they're they're plus 260 to draw so i don't mind uh the Switzerland Norway there to draw they seem like they don't want to you know offend any anybody by winning the match and and, and making the other country upset. So Switzerland and Norway, two very neutral teams. They're going to come to a an understanding uh, 1-1 draw. I like it. I'm, I'm with it. Good logic. That's, I know, I know nothing, nothing about any of this to confidently wager on anything. So, I mean, that's just perfect logic. I'm doubling down on that one. Uh, yeah. And then... Uh, I'm having a hard time pulling up MLS, so I don't know. Fuck it. We'll just keep it rolling. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe towards the end, we'll come back with an MLS draw pick here, but let's move on to a real sport. That's, that's a bad joke. Uh, football though, uh, a very much more important sport. Uh, I would say at least to us and this, this community we have, and that's football. Uh, <laughs> so the big news this week is Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs all are did not sign a long-term multi-year deal with their teams, so they are forced to either play on a one-year franchise tag, which for each of them is all around $10 million, um, and, and but you know no long term money, um, and so if any of those three guys tears their ACL, you know they're guaranteed that ten million this year. But then next year they're going to get peanuts probably. So uh, unfortunate for them, particularly Saquon, our our Penn State guy. But uh, you know the Giants, the Giants made their bed back in like March when they when they did that. Uh, not so great deal with Daniel Jones, $30 million, $40 million, something like that. But the, uh, the argument for the teams is why should we pay a running back when they are a high risk, the probably the most high risk injury uh, position on the offensive side of the ball. And, and they are pretty uh, interchangeable, um, uh, particularly ones that, 
are pass catching backs. Um, as long as you can catch the ball in, in today's NFL, uh, you, you can pretty much be on the field and, and produce, uh, quality quality reps so that's kind of what everyone's looking for now in a running back and of course the pass blocking but you know like pounding the ball up the middle and getting an extra two or three yards on an inside zone play is now a significantly less important but very grueling and demanding job task of a running back so not very fun or fair to be a running back right now and i don't see that changing um anytime soon the way the, the league has headed into a, a, a pass happy league uh, any thoughts on the overall umbrella of of running backs before we get into specific players i my laptop just kicked me off again so i logged in on my phone so i didn't hear anything you said oh but, no worries yeah but it's tough for uh tough look for saquon i mean just you know teach your kids to throw a ball not run a ball because running backs are just not worth it they're you know when you look at the super bowl winning teams they all have very very low paid running backs just not the not the modern formula you're too replaceable you know you can you can always draft a it's a position that you can come in immediately and and you know contribute significantly as a rookie or as a young guy and you don't have a long lifespan and it's just not it's not going to get better for the running backs anytime soon so tough for saquon but i don't think it's going to end end well for him and you look at uh he's talking about you know maybe maybe sitting out and it's like yeah look at Le'Veon. my maybe just, maybe just sign the uh take the uh take the franchise tag or take whatever they're going to give you well, they're bringing out a bed of nails on wrestling. So with that analysis, so to speak, of the – or the, our theory, I guess, on, on running back uh, market, NFL market uh, place for particularly the offensive side of the ball, uh, yeah, r- running backs really probably aren't going to make more than – eight nine million dollars a year for a high-end running back uh and that's kind of where you know the market has set itself a wide receiver is more valuable linemen are more valuable and and those are the people who are gonna you know be paid with long-term guaranteed money but so like like i said the biggest factor of not paying these running backs is their longevity and their durability so let's we're going to go through a short list here of players at uh, their current ADP, and we're going to go off of underdogs uh, best ball ADP here, but uh, it's pretty similar to redraft um, uh, leagues. So let's start with Christian McCaffrey guy, guy who is going basically Number three overall right now, uh, some some places higher. Yahoo Best Ball, he's going, you know, one overall um, it, there. So Christian McCaffrey, in a history of injuries for sure, I would label him as very high risk. He had ankle sprain in 2021, hamstring strain, same year. Um you know, just a bunch of soft tissue injuries uh, in the past um, two years. But last year, no injuries. Granted, he had a couple weeks off there in the middle of the season with a, a, a bye week as well, going from Carolina to San Francisco. So I bet that helped his body tremendously finish the season. But he played all the way up until, um, was that the did they make the they made the NFC Championship game, and then and then Brock Purdy got hurt. Yeah, so correct. Yeah, so I mean he was durable last year. Um, he's got a bye week of nine. That's a pretty good spot for him. You know, I could see him missing maybe two or three, four games this year. But as far as fantasy goes, you know, and he's a he's a well paid running back. He's one of the few getting a, a big paycheck. 
but uh, I would I would actually list him from. How do you want to do it? Like uh, one through five, five being the highest risk. I would I would put him as like a three and a half, a three point seven out of five for for missing significant time, meaning more than more than a month. McCaffrey's tough. I I put probably like a three. Uh, Steve kind of touched on it a little bit. He he does have a lot of injury history but they're all minor injuries they're all just you know minor strains uh and nothing you know he's not having surgeries he doesn't have an achilles or an acl or anything like that um so he is the kind of guy where uh you know if he tweaks his hammy he's gonna miss several weeks out of it just because that's his history but uh i i don't worry about him he he has kind of that injury prone bug but it's not like nothing where you're like at a significant it's not like you're coming back from a surgical knee where you're at a serious risk of of re-injury you know his his are all minor things that he's just kind of sat out the season for so and with the 49ers being good you know they're gonna be competitive late into the season so i think he'll be more inclined to play and play through you know minor bumps and bruises so I'm not worried about McCaffrey that much. I just it, picking early in a draft is is so it just sucks because you just you really don't know. Like there's there's not a lot of value to be first overall because any of those guys could pop off and be the number one guy. Yeah, I I would be t- if I have the first overall pick, I am taking either Justin Jefferson. Or like I'm going way off the way off fray and going like um, Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's four overall, but uh, it depends on if it's full point PPR or half point. Yeah, we're we're talking in terms of PPR here, uh, f- full or half, whatever. But uh, let's keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> that was only one person. We'll do. There's there's two more running backs that are going in the first round of best ball. We'll, we'll get through some of those, and then um, I think we'll probably just kind of pick some some guys that I think are high risk, and then uh, maybe Danny, you could pull up a a list of running backs too. Or or here, I'll send you the uh, the next running back first round uh, ADP of seven on underdog is Austin Eckler. Uh, no injuries last year. He's going into year seven, though, of his running back career. Uh, that's tough. Um, outside of like a very select handful of players, uh, you know, are you being a a day in and day out guy uh, in in you know year seven? Even you know Derrick Henry we saw last year was was going into year seven. And, um, you know, he went down for a little while. So, yeah, once you start getting into year year six, seven, and beyond as a running back, I would just pretty much consider you a very high risk, you know, a four out of five to miss, you know, about four games or more. So, you know, Austin that was, that was two years ago Henry got hurt, though. Last year he's still freaking balled out. 1,500 yards and 13 tutters. I still stand by what I say. I think oh, he's no, a, I def- definitely. Yeah. You're not, you're but, not wrong. So yes, thank you. Yes, thank you for correcting me. Um, yeah, I, I would say, and especially Austin Eckler is a smaller running back. I, I did read an article, uh, players with a BMI of uh, 28 or less, which – feel like he might be in in and around that category um you know they actually miss uh two or more games um 40 percent of those players miss two or more games at running back and they miss it on average three and a half games per season at that bmi so assuming he is at a bmi of under 28 um which is a silly that's a silly stat that's more funny than than an actual guidance but so whatever high risk we both agree 
Moving on to Bijan Robinson going ninth to tenth overall in in drafts. I have a couple uh, Bijan Robinson shares in uh, best ball, and and I have one in, in the mania, which is the twenty five dollar draft. So I do have him as a first round pick in my in my twenty five dollar draft. So we'll, we'll see. That was probably a not wise choice when I'm only doing like four or five of those total. But, uh, I, you know, as a rookie, we should probably – I probably should have pulled up some how many games played um, rookie, you know, for rookie running back starting. Um He's going to get a lot of the workload, I feel like, um, in in uh, Atlanta, particularly because they don't have a seasoned quarterback, so I think they're going to rely more heavily on that run game. Granted, they still have uh, Algier and Cordell Patterson, although they said Cordell Patterson's going to be more of a utility guy. Uh, you know, I see. I don't see B. John Robinson playing all 17 games this year. I'll just put it that way. I still, he's probably about a three out of five to miss. You know, more than f- three or four games, but l- we'll we'll say he's gonna miss a few games. I would say uh, just from just from not being able to be used to NFL football and the NFL season of 18 fucking games in a row is way different than 12 games. Um, and, and three of those games are cupcakes in, in college. So any thoughts on the rookie? Upshine, man. Uh, I'm not worried about Bijan. He's young and, you know, no significant injury history. Um, I'm, so, I mean, I'm a, I'm a one out of five for him. I mean, anything can happen, obviously. Uh, but the biggest thing I'm, I'd be concerned about with taking him early is you don't get, you don't know how many touches he's going to get, like how many touches Cordero Patterson's going to take away from him. But I'm not worried about him from like an injury standpoint. He's, you know, he's that that formula of getting a running back, a young running back, and then letting him walk before you pay him his second contract. But, um. You know, I mean, you look at Saquon and Ezekiel Elliott and those kind of guys, their rookie years, they all popped off. Obviously, Atlanta's not that solid of a team, though. Uh, not a, you know, the big, big question marks, like Steve said, at the quarterback position. I do want to say on Eckler, too, he's never been a super high volume guy. Like, he's always been a, a split carries kind of guy. Um, most carries he's averaged in his career is, is 12. So... You know, he just turned 28. I'm not super hot. He a lot of his fantasy has been his receiving value as well. So who? I mean, I I I probably would be like a two out of five for Eckler. I'm not super worried about him either. Versus somebody like a a Saquon, where you know there is that significant injury history. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down there. So. We'll we'll move on to Saquon Barkley. <laughs> you know, definitely a history of injuries. Last year, though, remained healthy. Last year was kind of weird with the with the Giants. They were good, but they weren't actually that good, especially on offense. They just kind of um, he he would break some runs. He would do he would do well, uh, Saquon, but uh, definitely didn't have as tough. Statistically, he didn't have you know what would what you would do to to pay him like you paid Derrick Henry or or Austin Eckler or McCaffrey. Like he didn't he doesn't provide those you know explosive scoring plays. And I know there's been talk of him having a weaker pass blocking game, but. You know, ACL tear in 2020, that always puts you at at least a uh, a 30% chance of re-tearing that knee or the other knee. Uh, and then, you know, MCL sprain, that's it. He had unhappy triad, actually, I believe, in 2020. Um, has fully recovered from that. And then uh, ankle sprain in 2021. And then just really bumps and, and bruises and typical running back stuff um but 
Oh, man, that's that's tough because how motivated is Saquon going to be this year to play and perform? I guess he has no choice, and he's a competitor. I don't think he's going to sit out. He'd be he'd be stupid to to do the Le'Veon Bell move as as he has shown the league. Um, that was that wasn't the move there. Although Le'Veon Bell was was provided a long term contract that he turned down. We don't know what was offered to uh, Saquon that he he obviously didn't agree to. But uh, tough tough spot for Saquon. I'd still say he's above a, th- a three out of five. He's above average risk of, of missing a month of football just because, you know, they might, they might run him into the ground and then just, just not care ditch him by the wayside next year. Cause they're obviously not happy with how he's handled this off season with them either. So I don't know. That's a tough one. What do you think about Saquon? Yeah, Saquon's tough for me. I'm I'm never gonna bet against him, but he's definitely a, a four four out of five on that tier scale for me. Uh the the contract situations it's just such a variable. It could it could work out in his favor fantasy wise or against it. Like, you know, if he misses time because he's holding out, or if he just he might come in more fresh because he's not getting banged up in camp. You know what I mean? So it it might actually work out into his favor as far as uh you know if he if he holds out and then still comes back by week one, he'll come back fresh and and motivated. So, um you know there's he he's a hundred percent now as far as health from his injuries, but you know there's always that that re injury risk, like Steve said, and uh and and you know he's he's a guy with a history which you know points to that he'll probably miss a couple games through the course of the year yeah and i i did find a list of rookie running backs to kind of circle back to Bijan robinson and and all of the rookie running backs but obviously Bijan's going to be getting a a heavy rb1 load um so this is a list of rookie running backs who had top fantasy years um ranked and you know the list is saquon zeke Doug Martin in 2012. Najee Harris, fourth overall rookie running back year for fantasy points. Uh, and, you know, LaDainian Thompson, Reggie Bush, Trent Richardson, Adrian Peterson, all all household names. Christian McCaffrey's number 11. And I'm kind of looking down uh, this list. And uh, uh, the, and it's it's ranked by, yeah, points per season. But uh, I'm looking at the game's started and you know Saquon played 16 started 16 games his rookie year Zeke all uh, 15 or not all but um, everybody looks like they played all their games uh, except for Reggie Bush Adrian Peterson um, Christian McCaffrey missed six games seven games Uh, so you know you know top Top twelve. Now those that's just a small sample size there. As I keep looking down the list, there's there's less and less games started for for these running backs. But um, looks like you know rookie running backs. Maybe that was just a. a it feels like a half and half chance. You know, you got a fifty fifty shot at your rookie running back being explosive and productive and playing all of the games or almost all of the games. So. It, it does seem like a coin flip looking at that um, data sheet there with no actual data being uh, <laughs> calculated. We touched on uh, quite a handful of guys here. Let's look at uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, no significant, you know, missed what he did. He missed all of or most of. No, last year he had an ankle sprain in December. Uh, so he just missed the last kind of month of the season. He had an uh, ankle sprain in October as well last year. So he had two ankle sprains last year. Um, had a cleanup surgery. Said everything was is fine and no structural damage. Um, I would think with the rookie quarterback, they're gonna they're gonna lean heavily on Jonathan Taylor again, who's only making I think two million dollars this year, still on his rookie deal, and 
uh, and this would be the last year of his rookie deal. So, you know, man, that's a tough spot to be in, to be Jonathan Taylor and only making $2 million this year, um, being that high caliber of a player. So uh, I would, I would put him at, at that average um, three out of five range, particularly with just repeated injuries to his ankle. Uh, that's not not great to have a um, obviously a weakened area of the lower body uh, as a running back. So, you know, I think that bumps him up to a slightly above average, maybe like a 3.2, 3.3 out of five um, to to miss four, four more games with, you know, another sprained ankle or, or sprained knee. I'm not as worried about Jonathan Taylor. He's about a two out of five for me. I think if Indy was better last year, it was one of them things, you know, he got hurt early and never quite got healthy, missed a couple games here and there, and then sat out the last three games of the year after they were, you know, well eliminated and stuff. Um, I'm not worried about him from an injury standpoint. I think he's 100% healthy going into the year. But, uh, I mean, Indy's just going to suck. Like, that's they're going to be a bad team this year. Um, and if Anthony Richardson is the quarterback from day one, who knows what that offense is gonna gonna even look like? So it's it's tough to predict. I, he's more of a he he's scary for me just from a standpoint of how bad Indy has potential to be. Yeah, I don't think Indianapolis is gonna be good again this year. I and and I do think, like I said, they're gonna lean on that run game. And Anthony Richardson, as we mentioned, uh, I believe around draft time, is not ready to be an NFL quarterback quite yet. And he really should have been learning from a, an established quarterback and, and in that kind of system. And the Colts, I think, have put themselves in a very tough spot with um, with their quarterback selection. Uh, one more to talk about, one more high ADP uh, running back we'll do is Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb going about 14th overall on underdog, um, a little bit higher on Yahoo. So Yahoo best ball must must not be uh, full PPR, or I'm sorry, it might not be PPR at all. Underdog is half PPR because um, these running backs go much higher on Yahoo. That's interesting. But Nick Chubb, Low low risk of injury, but now without he had always played alongside uh, Kareem Hunt for for the compliment there. Um, still got a, a high volume of carries, but um, you know could could have could take a breather without having to worry about it. And now he has to be the three down back every game. Um, Jerome Ford backing him up. Um, We'll be all right, but he's certainly not Kareem Hunt. So for that, I, I think, you know, maybe a little bit more risky of an injury. But if Nick Chubb gets hurt, it's going to be like a non-contact knee or just, you know, an accidental uh, someone falls on him awkwardly. I don't think it's I don't think he's at risk to have like a soft tissue injury. So for that, you know, I'd say about. A two, a two and a half, two point eight out of five for significant time lost. I think Nick Chubb is probably like a three out of five for me. He um, he did have the severe knee injury in college. I think it was a PCL tear actually, and then the MCL a couple years ago. But the Browns have actually been uh pretty smart with Nick Chubb. It's probably the, you know, it's like the one thing that the Browns have done well over the past 25 years is how they've managed Nick Chubb. Uh, so, you know, keeping him fresh. When you look at his, when, uh, when you break down, you know, just the, he's never been a three down running back, whether it's uh, Kareem Hunt or whoever they've had at the time. Um, the past three years, his his snap counts, he uh, the games he's played in, he's only played, 49%, 53%, and 56% of the snap counts. So, obviously, he's a guy that gets a lot of carries, but he's he's not on the field in passing situations. He's not taking hits, pass blocking, you know, those kind of things, uh, which I, I commend the Browns for. It's it's very smart. He's not getting, you know, 
90 plus percent snaps like a guy like Ezekiel Elliott who's now on his way out of the league so you know you know and and obviously he's he stays fresh and and produces on the on the stat sheet so your PPR leagues he takes a hit just because he's not involved in the passing game it's interesting to see it'll 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 be interesting to see how what they do this year without Kareem Hunt because I don't know what I don't know if they're still gonna you know keep Nick Chubb fresh like that um so I mean but so he does have a little bit of an injury history but like I said, the Browns have done well managing him in the past, so he's only only a three out of five for me. So I think we'll wrap it up there. That's <laughs> that's kind of some some high ADP running backs, and I think that was a good place to focus for for running back because once you get down past you know round four or five, the um, the risk of taking a running back in round four or five. Uh, you got to take a running back at some point. So really the the risk of injury to to all of those guys past, you know, the first two rounds um, is is kind of irrelevant for fantasy, especially best ball when you need um, several guys uh, deep no matter what. So uh, no one really pops out at me down this list. Um, for obviously Dalvin Cook, we don't know where he's going to go, but I would say he's someone that needs to be uh, comp- have a complimentary uh, run game around him. He can't be the guy, uh, you know, s- for 17 weeks. He's proven that much, and he he will, you know, miss miss some games for for something every season if he continues to have to be the 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 workhorse the bell cow do you have uh anybody else that's like a pops off the page at you as as a high risk injury person i would say miles sanders too has a a pretty significant injury history now the lead back for the first kind of time in his career he's by far and away the lead back in carolina with another rookie quarterback so you know you'd imagine they kind of maybe want to lean on that run game i think um Miles Sanders, for all of his injury history, maybe not in the best spot to have to take such a hefty workload in Carolina, but we'll see how that goes. Um, any anybody else you got, Danny? Uh, Josh Jacobs is one. He's another one that's uh, he's n- never anything serious, but he's always kind of had minor soft tissue injuries here and there and then him you know being a physical runner going into a contract situation he's he's another unpredictable guy just because of that um so i would he i don't i don't know he's he's at least a three out of five for me and then dalvin cook i would say is like a which is weird coming off of actually his his healthiest season the first time he's played a a full season i already Um, mentioned him but yeah Oh, did, did I miss that? But yeah, but getting getting cut and having a, his his significant injury history, he's a he's a five out of five for me. We don't, you don't even know what his his volume is going to look like when he does. I said, yeah, I said he needs to be on a team with a complimentary run game around him. He can't be yeah. a workhorse to bell cow. So look out for that if if he does pick a team before redraft starts here. Um, then I would, I would, we'll, we'll have an update for you. Obviously, when when he goes to a team, uh, I guess we can. Oh, and one more running back, uh, Joe Mixon. I think he's just got bad juju around him uh, after all the bullshit he's done this this past season. Uh, he's really racked up some some negative karma points and just been, you know, a typical Cincinnati Bengal piece of shit and and. Um, and restructured his deal probably because he knew he wasn't going to get anything, um, you know, on the the free market with all of his off the field. It was that or get cut. Yeah, for sure. So he took that. And he knows the market right now is not favorable and he's on a Super Bowl contending team as much as I'd hate to say that. Um, but he's on a very prolific offense, but I think he's going to fall off a cliff. I'm just going to say it. Um, Say it with my chest. Joe Mixon, stay away from 
uh, this year in your redraft league. I think uh, he's got a couple, they've got a couple new young running backs um, behind him too. So I think if he does get hurt at, at any capacity, you know, they might take it cautiously and, um, and sit him out for, for multiple games. If he does have some soft tissue stuff, or, or I should say, you know, an ankle sprain or some sort of, um, non-surgical injury. So we'll, we'll see, but yeah, Joe, fuck Joe Mixon and fuck the Bengals as always. Uh, I think, I think that would about do it for all of our football talk. Uh, I don't really need to talk about Deandre Hopkins going to the Titans. Um, not you know the titans are always a competitive team making the playoffs ryan Tannehill probably going to be the quarterback the entire season unless he gets hurt as well but you know i think teams pretty much well know how to um bracket cover deandre hopkins and minimize his explosiveness his his um efficiency on the field and because they have really nobody else who's a threat on the uh Tennessee Titans uh Traylon Burks is like the the next guy up and he is an unproven second year guy so um I I don't see it being a a super great season for DeAndre Hopkins and I don't know his ADP right now but he he's been jumping up actually I've been noticing He's going 44th overall, so he's basically going he's basically going end of the fourth round here. Um uh you know, so I would not be taking him as my wide receiver 2 on the team or you know, I wouldn't be taking him in the fourth round. I think that's pretty fair for him. Fourth or fifth round, I wouldn't reach on him, but I think he still has I think his fantasy value will be like AJ Brown was when he was in Tennessee. I mean, so not you know not a super top tier receiver, but I mean he's an immediate receiver number one. He Beijing, was still, still producing back. in Arizona last year. Well, that's a good teaser for um, uh, next next time. Maybe we will go over our wide receiver high risk guys, um, or maybe you know what I think we'll go tight end next, and then we will go. Uh, wide receiver and then quarterback um and then maybe offenses overall just offenses and defenses overall uh particularly for for fantasy uh purposes so yeah stay tuned we got some good and and we're gonna maybe do a couple research projects here coming up i don't know um we'll we'll talk after we stop recording but yeah keep it keep it tuned in keep Keep following us along at uh, Return to Play Pod on Twitter. And you got anything else to, to add, Danny? I got nothing. All right, cool. We kept it under an hour. So whatever you're getting into this weekend, watching Women's World Cup, bathing out in the sun, going to a baseball game, who knows? Just remember... Stay healthy, America.